Hey, uh, hey, Kevin. People tell me I've got a, a good <laughs> voice. Uh, how, how do you do that voiceover stuff? How, how do you get into that? I, I was curious because people tell me I have a good, good voice. Well, we're about to tell you. And he does have a great voice. <laughs> Don't tell him that, though. If you need e-learning, we're just an email away. Corporate narration, tell us what to say. Explain a video, imaging radio, slinging local cars, reading IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. Welcome to episode two of the Middle Class VO Podcast from the heartland of America in Cincinnati. Bobby Maxwell there, Kevin Kilpatrick here in Nashville. And uh, it's episode two, and and thankfully, Bobby, we have not been lynched for our first episode of the uh, Middle Class VO Podcast. It's been well received. They haven't taken us down. (laughs) I hadn't shut it down yet. No, good feedback, which is always nice. And, uh, of course, you know, we got a lot of friends that are going to be listening and family members. And uh, hopefully this thing will continue to grow because we uh, are passionate about what we're doing. We want to offer as much as we can to anybody in the business, uh, whether you're in the middle like we are um, or if you're just starting out. And uh, that's kind of what we're going to do today is if you're thinking about getting into the world of voiceover, it's something you've been thinking about. We're going to tell you the steps that we took to make that transition from radio to VO. And you know what? If we had a dollar for every time somebody messaged us or called us about saying, how did you do it? We probably wouldn't have to do this, right? (laughs) Yeah. And and the thing is, is, you know, if if we had a dollar for every time somebody said, hey, how do you uh, get into voiceover? Or, you know, people tell me I have a good voice. How do you do that? And um, I put out some on Facebook a month or so ago that I was talking about. Oh, it's a great article. Mm -hmm. On average, I'm about once a month. And that's the average. It's probably more than that, really. Because sometimes I'll get asked twice in a week, and then sometimes I'll go a couple months without getting asked. But it does seem like it happens, you know, all the time. And the day that I wrote that article, I had been asked once again about getting into voiceover. A week after I wrote that article, I got asked about getting into voiceover. I got asked yesterday, Kevin. It was the strangest story. (laughs) I'm serious. Check this out. I'm having an estate sale, a family estate sale, and I wanted to hire a police officer to man it. So Mm -hmm. I'm calling my local police department, and you get the dispatcher or the woman in charge of the police detail who talks to the public all the time. And mm-hmm. she recognized my name from being on the radio in this city forever. Because you're an icon. Oh, I'm an icon, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and, and so she was very, very businesslike um, through the whole thing. Okay, you can hire him for this, this amount, and they'll be there, blah, blah, blah. So at the very end, she goes, you left radio to do voiceover? <laughs> it totally, totally <laughs> caught me off guard. I was like, oh, she knows who I am. <laughs> and then and you know what her next question was well if you ever need a voice people tell me all the time i have a great voice oh, there it is there it is that's it that's it that's it exactly and and the thing is is i same almost exact thing happened different occupation my internet had gone out here at the studio and and bobby referenced it last week about being in your home studio well i, I i've got so much gear and i've got 
talent coming in to record that I needed a studio outside of the home. So I'm renting a space in an office building. And so that's where my studio is. So my internet went down and the internet repair guy comes in and he sees my big, nice booth and all my gear. And, you know, the first thing they think is that I sing. And nah, nah, you can ask anybody that I've sung happy birthday to. I don't sing. But depends on how much you're drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Karaoke much? Yeah. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But the guy came in and, uh, oh, and I told him, oh, no, I do voiceover, make commercials, do narrations, documentaries, and, you know, corporate stuff and blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, that's funny, man. He said, I've been thinking about taking that leap. People have been telling me for a long time I've got a good voice. But I, I, I told him, like, I'll tell anybody that asks about it. And it took me a while to learn this myself. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll be name dropping, by the way. Robert W. Walker, is he was my program director in Miami. But he had left radio, and then he came back to radio to program our radio station for a while. And he was the one that helped me get into uh, doing freelance automotive stuff. Okay. And he said, yeah, he's doing it. And I'm watching him through a a glass window do his thing. And I'm like, oh, he's doing an auto spot. I could tell. I was on the air and you could see through two booth glass windows. He's on, you know, I could see him. And his arms are flailing. His head is (laughs) rocking back and forth. And he's pumping his fist and all this stuff. And he got done with a session and he came out and like, man, you, you really get into that, don't you? And he said, yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, you got to get into it. It's, it's really acting. Yep. And that he said that to me and I filed that away, Bobby. And because at the time I dismissed it, I honestly did. And I said, acting, you're, you're, you know, you're yelling out car spot price points and this. And I'm like, how's that acting? But after a while I was like, oh, it is. It really is acting. Even when you're doing the hard sell car commercials, the soft sell car commercials, whenever you're narrating a corporate video, it is all acting. You you have to play a, a certain part. So getting back to, eh, Kevin, I, uh, people tell me all the time <laughs> I got a good voice. I think I should get into voiceover. But, you know, it, it doesn't click right away. I mean, I it took me several years after I started just dabbling in voiceover that it is acting. And I don't think I really, really got it until maybe two years ago. But um, Mm -hmm. even if it says an announcer spot, you there's some acting and you're putting yourself into every single commercial or piece of voice work that you do. Let's talk about beginning steps, Bobby, because say, for instance, somebody has said you've got a good voice and you're interested. Who cares? I don't care. Yeah. You've got to be an actor first. And that should give hope to people that are more interested in theater and acting and and performance rather than don't doubt yourself if you don't have, quote unquote, good voice. If you've got a voice that does not have any bless your heart speech impediments, then you can do it. And I even alluded to this in the article that even if you had a thick accent, you could still do some type of voiceover. It would have to be regional And then you could work on getting rid of the accent, but any kind of okay voice where you can read stuff and speak stuff clearly and with some decent diction, you can do voiceover. And you know what? Animation is a a great example of that. There are some women and men with the most unique voices. I'll just say unique. And they are bringing in some major jobs 
because they're different. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 just not your typical voice that you hear. So that's that's your that's a gold mine if you have something different and unique than everybody else. Bobby, do you know how you catch a unique rabbit? Unique up on it. Ha <laughs> You know how you <laughs> You know how you catch a domestic rabbit? I don't know. Tame way. I did not know that. You didn't know I the did second know part that. of that joke. I didn't know. I didn't know the second part. <laughs> um, I, I, just a, a little quick sidebar, real quick. <laughs> and, and this is how the show's going to go. By the way, there's going to be all kinds of uh, sidebars and uh, squirrel. Um, it's going to be like that. <laughs> a friend of mine and I, we were we had dinner, we had some drinks and this kind of stuff. And I don't know the, the word unique was mentioned, and he he was a little toasty, and he said. Hey, there's a joke there. Uh, and he's like, uh, you sneak up on a rabbit. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? And I had not heard it. And so I had to look it up. Oh, there's a setup, and then that's the punchline. That's funny. <laughs> but I didn't know the second part to that. Well, thank you very much. But like what you said, uh, oh, I wish I could think of some of the names. But the guy that used to play Garfield, what is his name? Um, you talk about one of the most unique voices. Um, Lorenzo Music. Lorenzo Music. Lorenzo Music had just such a unique sound. Hang on, let me see if I can... I didn't really prepare. I read some of the Garfield books. There were three at the time. And uh, I just realized that I understand this uh, cat, and uh, I am this cat. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another fun-filled day with your favorite pet. Did that sound familiar? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as you could just see Garfield. That's funny. And you talking about exactly it is a gold mine if you do have a unique voice and you can act. That is doubly good. Sometimes people like myself and Bobby even are stereotyped because we come from radio. Yeah, and true. it's a bad thing. And, and a lot of people, you know, I, there's going to be a lot of people listening that have been in radio and are thinking about making the transition to voiceover. And, and we're here to tell you that it does it gets better because you know we've been stereotyped as uh you're a radio guy you're an announcer and did you see that coming in bobby when you first started doing this full time um i i didn't immediately but then i started getting especially my my first uh voiceover coach so one of the first things out of her mouth she goes you were in radio weren't you and, and I was like, yeah, for a long time. And by the fourth session, she was still saying, you've got to get that away, you know, out of your mind. She goes, leave it in that radio station studio. You, you've yeah. got to change it. And you do. You really do. Yeah, that's it. And, and Bobby, now to me, for somebody thinking about making the transition from whatever job they have, um, I know people that have been teachers. I know people that have been in radio, obviously. I know people that have been, um, they've worked around voiceover, like they've been studio engineers, or they've uh, written training narration, and they've made the transition successfully. I I know all these people that have done that, Mm -hmm. no matter where you come from. To me, the first thing you got to do, if you don't have a whole lot of knowledge, is you got to do a ton of research. Start Googling how to get into voiceover, uh, and this kind of thing. And to me, the very first thing I would do before I spent one dime on gear, I would spend dimes on training. 
Oh, yeah. Because of what we just said, you need a foundation and you're going to build from that. And to what you think voiceover is and what it actually is, is going to be something completely different. So, yeah, training and coaching is so important. Yeah. And it, when I made the transition from radio, I started out with some training. And when I when I got into this, I was thankful to myself that I thought, you know what, I, let me get somebody that can get me introduced into this business. Um, you know, I know radio inside and out, but I don't know the world of voiceover. I, I, I'm a decent sound engineer, but I need to know what to expect. And so the first thing I did was I took an intro to voiceover training class. What about you? Did you do training right away when you got into this? No. Uh, well, well, when I was still on the air, no, not a, not a, not a single moment of training. But when I went full time three years ago, um, it took me maybe a month. And I kept, like you, I was reading and researching and doing everything, going to my first conference in voiceover. And that kept coming up, training and coaching, training and coaching. So I went, well, I'm going to make the investment. And oh, it has paid off so much. Now, I want to interject on something that you just said before people go out to the wrong coach or training or workshop. Don't let anybody talk you into paying, you know, X amount for a demo and a whole package because just just get the training and coaching first. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with that because you you're probably not going to be ready no. by the time they want to produce a demo with you and get you out of their hair. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be ready. I recommend taking extensive training, acting classes. Think about taking improv classes. Oh, yeah. Um, that is huge. Um, even, you know, I've heard people recommend uh, vocal training as a singer. Uh, that's not for me, but I know people that have done it. Um, but yeah, just a basic intro to voice acting, intro to voiceover, that kind of thing. And that's going to give you a really good idea if you're cut out for this. Because in my, in, in the one I did, and this has been, you know, close to 15 years ago, Bobby, mm-hmm. I heard people in that class that were really good. And then I heard others that I was like, you know what, you're not cut out for this. I would never say that to anybody. Um, but you will get a good idea if, if you're ready for this, if you take an intro to uh, acting class. You know, and, and as far as the financial end of it, you may be shocked at coaching prices. There are different levels. But think of that if you are a radio person, that one remote you do on the weekend is going to get you one or two sessions. And yeah. it's going to it's going to be so worth it. You're going to learn so much in that hour. It's so much better than going to spending it on video games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, the, the uh, intro to voiceover class that I took, it was, I want to say it was either four weeks or six weeks, but it was one night a week for those four or six weeks. And then there were other students within the class. And then you, you at that time, you called in on a phone. Uh, nowadays, there's Zoom, there's Skype, and there's all these other uh, video conference things or uh, audio conference things that you can do. But, you know, I'd recommend getting into a class-type setting, not do one-on-one. I don't think anybody that's just making the transition is ready for one-on-one. 
uh, unless you've got extensive back an extensive background in acting already, yeah. and then you know maybe you could bypass. You that. brought but up Im- improv. You- improv is a wonderful suggestion. Oh yeah, and you have fun absolutely. Too. Mm-hmm. Did you know some of the pay to plays now are suggesting to the newer talent to do auditions on your phone? Interesting. Yeah. Seems like I've seen something like that. But yeah. I, yeah, there's a big discussion about it on one of the uh, Facebook um, groups. And I just thought, wow, because they're saying it's an audition. And, and more and more, of especially the younger directors and the, the younger casting people out there, accept it. And they, they know it's an audition. As long as you can follow it up in your job, in your session with good equipment. Yeah, I, I don't uh, 100% agree with that. Um, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you, you get a phone audition in, and if you've worked with the person time and time again, yeah, okay, that's fine. But if you have not worked with this person, how do you know what the real sound is going to be? Mm-hmm. I've cast a lot of people, Bobby, um, over the years. That's how I met you is through a casting. Right. And I will get in crap. I will get in garbage sounding stuff in an audition. I have gotten in where there's animals making noise in the background. I've gotten auditions in, Bobby, where there's total room sound, you know, that room tone, that just that the whir of an air conditioner, TV on in the background. I, I really did. It, it was a guy out of, out of Vegas. I, I remember this to this day. I was doing a British voice. I needed a male British voice, <clears throat> and I got in some really good auditions. And then I got one guy that was amazing. But this was the guy. He he! You could tell that he was sitting in the middle of his living room. Wow. Oprah or something was on in the background, Oprah. and he just is reading this audition like it's nothing. And I can hear the slap of the tile floor. I can hear all this stuff. Oh my goodness! Wow. And I'll tell you, if you give me a decent audition, and the quality is good, I will take you every time over the guy that sounded really good, but had horrible acoustics. Yeah. Every time. That makes sense. So going back to studio talk, Bobby, yeah, I, I actually just within the last uh, two, three months helped a lady that is getting into voiceover, and hers is a typical story. She is the uh, the media person for some sort of agency, some sort of big company, but she is the media person, so she has to talk in, at a podium in front of people, and people have said, oh, you've got a nice voice, so she wanted to make the transition to voiceover, mm-hmm. and I have actually... Uh, I've been in a class where uh, I was at, Christy Bowen actually asked me to talk to some of the people around Nashville that are getting into voiceover and that are newer. And so this lady was so nice and she's got, you know, she's got a potential. She really does. So she asked me if I would help her set up a studio on a budget. And I said, absolutely. And she's like, what's it going to cost me? And I said, honestly, I can get you set up if you've already got a computer. I can get you set up for about 300 bucks. And she said, okay. And I, I think I ended up just over 300 bucks, getting her a microphone, an interface, all the cables, and she's going to have a great setup. Now she's going to have to jury-rig her acoustics at home and put up blankets and put up towels and yeah, put yeah. up all this stuff. But getting back to that, for just a few hundred bucks, three to four hundred bucks, you can have a, a cheap little setup that will still sound professional. But let me give you some tips on acoustic treatment. When I first started, Bobby, I, I had very little budget to mess with. And so I went to Walmart, got some mattress toppers, 
You know the foam yeah. toppers that go onto mattresses? Love those things. They're like 30, 40 bucks each. Mm-hmm. And I got I spent like a hundred bucks on them and I placed them in the corner where my microphone was set up. And it worked great. It worked great. I, I'll tell you though, because I'm such a nerd and such a geek and I, I you know had such a drive to make whatever I have look professional, feel professional, and have some style. I took those mattress toppers, which are just that kind of off-white color, and I tie-dyed them in the bathtub <laughs> with all these different crazy colors. It came out so cool. It was so cool. You're such a geek. <laughs> I know. I know. There are there are some uh, audio pros out there, too, that will free of charge assess your, your uh, studio, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can get into those Facebook um, groups and, and find out who they are just by searching. But... Um, so worth it because you may think you may think it's a good sound but just get another opinion or two hey if anybody wants to send me a sample of what their sound sounds like i will offer my honest to goodness feedback um kkvoguy at gmail.com i'll gladly do that if you want to send me a file but i only request that you send me a wave file or an eighth um don't send me an mp3 um that way i can get a clearer idea of what it actually sounds like and uh yeah I'll offer my sound opinion. See what I did mm-hmm. there? Your sound opinion. <laughs> Love it. Wackity doo. <laughs> After you do your training, if you're making the transition from radio, if you're making a transition from whatever, like we're talking about, you've got to have the training, then you got to get your studio set up, and then it, it's time to think about demos. And that's the part where it does get expensive because – you could make your own, but if you have no idea on how to make your own, you're going to present yourself in a horrible light. And they'll remember that. Yeah. That's it 100%. I, I, I know I have lost gigs and I've lost potential clients mm-hmm. because of A, either a bad audition or B, a, a bad demo that I had. But Bobby and I kind of did the same thing, I think, when we made the transition. A, you've got to hustle. You've got to send out you know, some of your work somehow to somebody. And then you get on the pay-to-play sites, um, you know, the reputable ones. Anyway, that that is uh, the P2Ps, Bobby, will be probably two to three episodes. episodes. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It's not, it's not going away. So <laughs> no, anybody no. who says just throw them out the window altogether – uh, that's it's a digital age. They're it's, not going away. And for anybody that doesn't know what a pay-to-play site is, that is where you pay your money, a couple hundred bucks, whatever it might be for the year, to be able to get all these cool auditions in. But bear in mind that you're going up against hundreds and thousands of other people. So it, it's not a, a guaranteed income. The auditions is a numbers game. I, I actually heard uh, Joe Cipriano say at one time that – it's like a hundred to one, you know. You audition a hundred times and get one gig, and then you'll be happy. Yeah, that's, I'd say that's pretty accurate. I'm sure for Joe, he was fibbing a little bit. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Do you remember your first paid um, on pay to play gig? Do you remember uh, your your reaction? I I was in a movie theater and I came out and turned my phone on, and there was a message from a guy in New York. It's like my first hire on one of the pay to plays. I was dancing. In the parking lot of the movie theater. It's <laughs> like, they're going to pay me. <laughs> that is fantastic. I don't think, I don't know if I can recall. 
I, I can't recall exactly what it was. I can recall some of the um, when I first started doing my marketing. Whenever I got the call from the agencies that I had sent demos to, you know, I can remember some of those calls and going, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be on in Ottumwa, Iowa." <laughs> yeah. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, when you first start out, you've got a good voice. People have told you you have a good voice. You want to get into voiceover. These are some of the things you've got to consider. And then it all boils down to acting chops and hustling your butt off. And that's a whole other episode. (laughs) That is a good point to kind of wrap up this episode and talk about next week. Um, We've talked about, we've talked. We've talked about getting into voiceover. You've been told you got a good voice. You want to get into voiceover. So there's that. You know, the next steps are going to be marketing yourself. It's it's a hustle. It's a job, folks. And you've got to do it. You've got to work hard. You've got to market yourself. And we're going to talk about that next week. Bobby's going to have some insight. I'm going to have some insight. And then you'll have the insight. Hope you love social media. (laughs) And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about cold calls and, you know, the auditioning and all that. That is all part of your marketing package. We're going to talk about that next week on the Middle Class VO Podcast. Until then. This is the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. Hey, uh. Hey, Kevin, people tell me I've got a, a good voice. Uh, how, how do you do that voiceover stuff? How, how do you get into that? I, I was curious because people tell me I have a good, good voice. Don't be that guy.